Hello everybody, this is Desi and welcome to my podcast, Candle in a Dark Room. I am so incredibly excited and honored to be here and to be sharing my story with everyone. It's pretty awesome that everyone that's listening is interested in my story. It's pretty amazing that when you go through something as crazy and traumatic as I have been through, the things that I've been through, you kind of don't really see a point sometimes and you're you don't understand why you went through the things that you did but when I decided to do this it really just clicked it really just clicked in my head that this is it this is what I'm supposed to be doing and this is how I'm supposed to share my story so I'm gonna warn everybody it can get a little bit intense but through all of this I'm hoping to help anybody to have the courage to speak up and tell their story as well. So first I'm gonna just kind of get into how I grew up. Um, I was born in Utah to my parents and they got married pretty young. They got married, my mom was 17. They were kind of forced to get married. Um, My mom was 17 and my dad I believe was 21 and They got pregnant with me, and growing up in a Pentecostal church, it was not okay to have a baby out of wedlock. So my grandparents and the church basically planned their wedding and let them know when they were going to get married. They got married, and we bought a house, and I remember the house, which is kind of funny because I don't remember much of them being married, but I remember specifically the house because... When they would fight, I would, I had like a thing that came out of my ceiling and I had like a bunch of stuffed animals up there. And when they would fight, it would like stress me out. So I would go and hide up there behind my stuffed, my stuffed animals. Um, but uh, they had my brother when I was three years old. And at that point, I feel like things had become more toxic after they had my brother. And so they decided to get a divorce, which you know, in the long run was a great thing because their marriage was, was, did not go well. So they got divorced when I was six and, you know, I'm not exactly sure on the timeline of how soon they both got in relationships, but it wasn't too far after. Um, my dad remarried, I want to say about a year later and, you know, my stepmom, we didn't have the best relationship. Let's just say she, we had a really hard time. We had a really hard time getting along. I'm not sure why, but we just bumped heads. And so growing up, I was not her biggest fan and she was not my biggest fan. I remember at one point, um, I went to private school and she got mad at me or something. I talked back or rolled my eyes or something and she slapped me and I slapped her back. And I, you know, I, how I always defended myself. I, when I was young and I grew up, it was I was always really feisty and would defend myself. That changed as time went on, which I'll get into later. But I think that's why we butt heads so much. I didn't really let her take that spot as, as my mom, as a mom figure. So we bumped heads. So it was kind of hard. Um, I am the oldest now out of, I have three brothers and one sister they are my half siblings except for the one that was born when i was three years old we are full siblings um we are all super close and we have a great relationship so 
when my mom and dad were divorced, I feel like around seven years old, my mom brought this guy home and he quickly became very comfortable with our house. We lived in an apartment actually, but he never left. I don't know. I don't really remember him ever moving in. I just remember he just like at one point just lived there. So I'm not sure if he just kind of, they got together and that was it. And from the beginning, my brother and I despised him. And I'm not exactly sure why. He just kind of gave off the eerie feeling, but we did not like him whatsoever. And I remember he'd sleep over and stay all the time. And like I said, never really moved out. And him and my mom would kiss and things like that. And I remember just being completely disgusted. Like I did not like the situation. It just made me feel super uncomfortable. One time my mom was at work late and he was supposed to be watching my brother and I and all I remember is he went outside to the front to the porch or something and my brother and I locked him out. We locked the door, we turned up the Lion King like super loud and basically he banged on the door until I want to say either the neighbor let him in or my mom came home. I'm not exactly sure. But um then I remember this incident where at the same apartment complex, we were outside playing. It was my, my little brother and I, and I think my cousin, and we lived on a really, really busy road. And I don't know, I mean, being a little kid, I was probably seven and, and he was four. And we had a bright idea to cross the street of the busy road. And, you know, my mom and my stepdad were inside and I remember I put my little brother in the stroller and we walked across the street and I remember my stepdad and mom coming out and screaming for us, which I mean, I don't really blame them because I was crossing the street, but I remember that was the first time that he whipped our butt, but not with a belt, not with anything with his hand. I remember he spanked me so hard that I could barely walk and I was in so much pain by it. But again, at the time, I was kind of like, well, I deserve it. Obviously, I crossed the road and I need to get disciplined. So I never really thought anything of it. We moved a lot growing up. Um, I'm not sure why. We just, we moved a lot. I feel like I switched schools every year. Um, I went to, like I said, a private school until about fourth grade. And I had some anger issues, obviously, because I got kicked out at fourth grade. I just remember getting in fights, getting in the principal's office all the time, and just always being in trouble. So I was kind of a troublemaker when I was little. I'm not sure why. I think, you know, the stuff with my parents really took a toll on me in their marriage. And, you know, at the time, we didn't know that was the reason. But also going to a private school, a Christian private school, they were allowed to spank us back then. And I remember I would get spanked and I would I was literally in the principal's office every single day. So eventually at around fourth grade, I got kicked out finally and was put into a public school. Um, from the beginning, I did not fit in. I don't know why. I just was the odd man out. I stuck out like a sore thumb. Um, 
I, my, my best friend today is still, was my friend at that school and that's where we met. And she, even to this day, will tell you that she became my friend and everybody was so mean to me. If it wasn't for my best friend, I don't know what I would have done because she would literally like fight girls for me because I would just sit there and I wouldn't say anything. And I would, I remember sitting on the bus and this girl who was a horrible girl, she was a horrible person. And she would literally come up behind me and just slap me in the back of my head, like every day on the bus. And I would just cry. And then she also told me at one point she was a witch and she could make potions and that she would fly by my room and watch me sleep at night. So it was kind of, kind of creepy, but you know, at the, at that school, I was picked on for sure. I was definitely the target for a lot of bullies. And like I said, if it wasn't for my best friend having my back, I don't know what I would have done. So we are still best friends today and she still always has my back. So that's pretty amazing. But around fourth grade, well, I was around eight years old, actually. Um, I remember the house that we lived in. We lived in a little yellow house. And I'm not exactly sure how old you are in fourth grade. I think you're around 10, 8, 9. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but I know that when things started, I was around 8 years old. And I'll get into how I know that in, the later, in a later episode. But... Um, I just remember at the time we lived in a little yellow house and my mom was married to my stepdad at the time. I don't know if they got married in a courthouse or what. They never had a wedding. My dad and stepmom had a wedding, but my mom and stepdad didn't. Um, So I think they just got married in a courthouse or something. But I remember in that little yellow house, we were in the living room one night and I think my mom, my little brother went to bed and it was my mom, it was me and my stepdad. And I remember him asking me to come sit on his lap. We were watching a movie or something. The lights were off. We were just watching a Disney movie. I'm not even exactly sure. And that's when everything, that was the day that my life changed forever. Um, he began touching me and like kissing me and just doing really inappropriate, obviously very wrong things. I didn't have any idea. I remember being super confused. I didn't have any idea what he was doing. And I remember just sitting on his lap and thinking, this is wrong. Like everything about this is wrong. But I didn't say anything. I never said a word. And, you know, as time went on, it did not get better. Things continued to get worse. He, you know, it became a regular thing. He would come in my room and get me in the middle of the night and would fondle me, touch me. You know, I remember at first it was just kind of the groping and touching and inappropriate, like kissing, like on my neck and things like that. And I would, and I just did not have any idea what he was doing, but I remember just crying and knowing it was completely wrong. And every single time he did this, my mom would be asleep or was at home. Um, it didn't take long for things to escalate though. It probably, I would say a year maybe, things became a lot more intense. Um, I started sleeping with my little brother 
in the bunk bed and I told my mom I would have nightmares and so I needed to sleep with him and I remember we had a bunk bed but I would sleep on the same one as as my brother and I would sleep closest to the wall um also at this time we did have my other little brother and we'll call him CJ for his protection and CJ was a baby at the time when things started but my stepdad's mom passed away around the time my my little brother was born. And that's when things escalated with him. I don't think he knew how to handle the death of his mom. So he took it out on doing things to me. Um, So I would sleep with my brother and we'll call him AJ. So we have CJ and AJ. And AJ would always be like, go sleep in your own bed. But I would just cry and beg him to let me sleep in his bed. And it didn't stop my stepdad. It did not stop him. He would wait until AJ was sound asleep and he would come and wake me up, tell me to be quiet, and then would take me to another room. Um, things That's when things changed. It wasn't any longer just touching or feeling at this point he was completely doing penetration and raping me um I would cry and I would beg him to to not do those things to me I would tell him I'll be I'll be really good I'll do anything you want I'll you know I'll call you dad I'll do anything you want and he would just laugh I remember he was just so dead inside he would just laugh and never took me seriously he would do the things anyway and I would go to bed and that was it and it went on for years so again it started when I was eight and it continued um when I remember specific things like weird things that he would do he was a drunk for sure He was an alcoholic. He would tell my mom that he was going to work and he would come home from work and sit in the garage with his friends and just drink. Um, It switched from drinking and to to doing drugs. I know for a fact they did drugs because I remember one time walking in the garage and seeing some white stuff and I'm pretty sure they were doing cocaine. At the time, I had no idea what that was. But now as an adult, I realize I'm pretty sure it was cocaine. So... He would, you know, then he would come home. He'd disappear, come home about an hour later and act like he'd been at work the whole day and tell my mom, you know, go dirt. I don't know if he would go like step in dirt, whatever he did, because he was a construction worker. He would make it look like he was working all day, but he wasn't. And I remember even one time my cousin came home with me after school and he told her, hey, if your aunt, when your aunt gets home, don't tell her I was here. And he would always do things like that. Just was super manipulative and a liar. Um, I remember he would sell things to like make money because his checks would be short. So he would like steal things from people and then go and sell it to make money and then go buy drugs and then bring home or beer or whatever the heck he was doing and then bring home whatever he had left and tell my mom that he got a check or if it was short, be like, yeah, I don't know why. And he would talk crap on his boss and act like they shorted him when in reality, he just wasn't showing to work, showing up for work. So that kind of went on for years and years. Um, I remember a couple incidents specifically that, you know, like I said, he regularly would rape me. It was a, at this point, it was a basically 
at least a couple times, a few times a week, he would do this to me. And I remember birthdays. He would tell me it was my birthday present. Um, Christmas. I remember her, the first day of seventh grade, I was so excited to be out of elementary school. I was so excited to be in junior high. And I don't know if you guys remember that when you're in seventh grade, you kind of go in like a day earlier than everybody else because you're kind of getting like introduced to the school. Well, that's what I did. And it was like a half a day. I went in for seventh grade, had like, I remember an amazing day. I got a locker. I was super excited about a locker and then went home. I remember it was only like one o'clock or something when I got home. And I just remember praying so hard to please not let him come home early because I knew if he did, things were going to happen because that's what he would do. He would check me out of school until my school had a dentist appointment and then like would take me to abandoned house, um, take me behind a golf course. We used to live in an apartment that had a golf course. We would take me in a, to a shed behind the golf course um, and do things like I said, um, abandoned houses he would take me to. Took me to like an office one time. Like I don't know if it was his work's office, but he took me to an office that was like dead one day. Nobody was there and he took me there. Um, he would follow me to friends' houses and like make me get in the car with him. And I tried like, I remember literally running from my front door to try to get to my friend's house as fast as I could before he could get in his Jeep and meet me wherever I was going. And sometimes I'd make it and sometimes I wouldn't. And if I didn't, he'd make me get in the car with him and you know, he'd take me to wherever. Like I said, golf course was pretty common. Um, random kind of behind sheds was pretty common. Weird things like that. But um, again, back to seventh grade. So it was the first day of seventh grade, I was home and I remember hearing my garage open. And Sure enough, I looked out the window and he was coming home. I ripped everything, like all of my clothes that were in my closet, I ripped out and threw them on the floor or threw them on my bed and was just like, I'm in a hurry and act like I have all this clothes to put away. So he came up and kind of walked in my room and looked at me and I was like, oh, hey. And, you know, I tried to distract him as much as I could. And I think I literally told him every single thing I did that day to postpone what he was going to do to me. Like from the everything I ate to the minute I got home. And I remember being in the middle of my story and I was like laughing and trying to be super happy because I felt like if he thought I was having a really good day, he wouldn't want to ruin it. But he was pretty dead inside. So that never worked. But I remember sitting there in the middle of the story and telling him and was super excited. And he just looked at me and started smiling, like laughing. And instantly I started crying. And I was like, please, please don't do this to me today. Like, please, I'm begging you. I'll do anything. Like, I have to hang up my clothes. Mom's going to be home soon. Like, I please don't do this. And he just made me go into the bedroom and did what he did anyway. Um... That day, I remember he, when he was on top of me, I, my mom and him had a, like a glass closet, like a mirror closet, so I could see everything, and I tried to like kick him off me or punched him off me, I don't remember exactly, and I just remember he punched me in the stomach so hard, 
it knocked the wind out of me and then held a pillow over my head until I basically like stopped breathing for a minute. I don't know if I passed out or what happened. Um, but at this point he had done it so often that I would just kind of die inside. Like I just, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Like I would fight for, I would fight sometimes or I would fight a little bit, but it got to the point where I was just dead. Like I just was, I would just lay there and beg God to please not let him do this or make him stop. Or I would try to think about other things because I knew I wouldn't win. I mean, he was, he's a huge guy. He like 250 pounds, like six, two, like he's a big guy. And here I am a little seventh grader. And I just remember, I'm pretty sure he broke my rib that day. Um, I was bruised for like weeks. My rib was, and I could barely sit down and things like that. But I remember after he did that, looking him in the eye at one point, and I swear on my life to this day that something in his eyes were different. He, I don't know if he was possessed, like whatever you believe, something was not him, which he was an evil person anyway, but I feel like sometimes when he did certain things and they were not just regular rape, they were torture. He would torture me. He would do things to me that nobody does. Like it's just, it was not normal. And when he did that stuff, it was sick. But I think, I I don't know if it was him at that point. Um, Like I said, his eyes would change. And a lot of times, not every time, but I remember a lot of times he would be finished And he would sit up on the bed and he would just start crying and tell me how sorry he was. And I knew, I knew it didn't matter. He'd do it again, but he would apologize. So anyway, um, that's what happened. He did it, left. I just went in my room and I cried. And at that point, I was done. I was done with this. I couldn't handle it anymore. Um... I think around that time is when I started to, my eating disorder started. I started to binge and purge. Um, I wasn't exactly 100% sure what I was doing. It's funny because I remember um, watching this movie about an eating disorder with Tracy Gold, I believe her name is. She was in Growing Pains. And I remember she did an eating disorder like show and they showed it to us at school. And she talked about bulimia and like she would throw up in jars and like hide it in her closet and things that like people would be disgusted about. But for me at that time, it was like, oh my gosh, like I want to do that. Like I, that would be so, that would be such a great thing for me to do. I would feel so much better if I did that. And I don't remember really at the time, like my rational thinking or where it was at, but it was, it wasn't a thing that I was like, oh, that's wrong. So I'm not going to do that. That was like something I was adamant I was going to do. I was going to have an eating disorder and I didn't care. Um, as I started doing it, I remember trying to be disgusting. I like at this point, I'm, I was already being teased at school, so it didn't matter, but I wouldn't wash my hair. I barely brushed my teeth. I would wear baggy clothes. I did everything I could to make him think I was disgusting. You know, I would, I would throw up my food and I feel like you could tell I wasn't healthy, but 
it wasn't that obvious because my parents didn't notice. But whenever I knew that John was going to be around, I would do everything I can to be disgusting, to just kind of hope that it would, I don't know, make him not want to touch me. Um, but it never worked, obviously. So at this point, my eating disorder, like I said, around seventh grade was got really bad. Seventh, eighth grade. Um, I remember walking home from school at eighth grade and I was really close to one of my teachers in eighth grade and I would just always sit out and talk, sit after school and talk to her. And I remember she was going through pretty nasty stuff in her marriage herself. Like she, I remember her husband had an affair and she found out and during the school year and she was devastated. And I remember walking in one day after school and she was sitting in her closet in her classroom just sobbing. And I just remember like sitting there with her and talking to her. And I don't know, I felt like if I helped somebody else, then my problems weren't as big and I could just ignore them. Um, I had never, I never told a soul about what my stepdad was doing to me. I was terrified of him. He constantly told me that if I told anybody, he would bury my family alive. He was not kidding. At the time, I thought that he was 100% serious. I was so scared of him. He would say some messed up things. He would, sometimes while he was hurting me, he would hold a knife to me. Um, He would have a knife right next to him. He just always said that if I screamed or if I ever told anybody that he would kill me and then bury my family with me alive. And that never got out of my head. So... Anyway, I remember walking home from school and that teacher um, apparently saw me passed out on the side of the road. And I don't have very much memory of why, but I just remember waking up and that teacher and then a couple, I guess, pulled over and saw me passed out. So they called my mom, um, told her to take me to the hospital, all this stuff. And sure enough, the doctors told my mom that I had an eating disorder. And I'm not exactly sure how they knew I had an eating disorder, but they did. They could figure out that I just was not healthy. And I remember my mom was like super confused of what, what why I was doing the things that I was doing. And again, I just kind of played it off. I don't remember remember her asking very many questions about it or asking why I was doing what I was doing. I just remember her like kind of being frustrated why I was doing those things. I honestly think that they just thought I was doing it for attention. And which I, I mean, I was technically, I was doing it for attention, but it was because I was, you know, dealing with other things that they should have asked me about, but didn't. And so the way I was coping with everything was by hurting myself. It was the only thing I remember having control over. And we'll talk more about eating disorders in a later podcast. But during that time when I had my eating disorder, I kind of came across cutting. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Again, I don't remember how I came across cutting or what triggered it to get me to start doing it. But I figured it out. I figured it out that if I cut myself, it would feel better to me. It was such a relief to do it. And I know that sounds so crazy to people who don't self-harm. But I remember at the time, you know, I remember specifically one time 
my stepdad um, hurt me. And the next day, I was just so pissed. I was just so like, I was just fucking over it. I was just like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with this happening to me. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm done. Um, and I started cutting myself and I remember not even being like a little bit afraid. I just remember like, you know what? Screw it. I, this feels so good. Like I'm bleeding. Like I don't even care if I died here. And I mean, in eighth grade, I mean, at least at the time now, unfortunately it's more common, but at the time that wasn't a common thing. So anyway, I just, I started cutting and started, you know, I still had an eating disorder and all this stuff happened. Well, during this time, some more pretty traumatic things that he was doing to me happened. And again, he was constantly doing things to me, raping me, hitting me, all this stuff. Um, but he started really hurting my brother, my brother, AJ, he would beat the crap out of him and hit him. And I remember one time grabbing his, him grabbing his feet and swinging him and hitting his head on the metal bunk bed. And I would just beg him and I'd be like, do whatever you're going to do to me, but don't hurt him, please. Like, just don't hurt him. And sometimes it would work. Sometimes he would leave him alone, leave AJ alone. And then that night I knew what I was in for, but sometimes I wouldn't, I wasn't able to stop him and my brother would get pretty hurt. Um, I remember like at one point we both had like, I remember I had a black eye and he had a bruise and I remember us trying to sit down with our mom and telling her what he was doing, but my mom was being abused by him at the same time physically and just mentally like he would just he was just fucking up with her head and I remember one time they were fighting and he I remember I walked in the room and he had her head in his hand and he slammed her head against the bed and I remember she passed out on the floor I ran out of the apartment and went upstairs to my neighbor to try to help them or try to get them to help us and he came down with me and I remember he was like this buff guy. So I was like, oh, he could totally kick his ass. Like, I'm going to go get him. And he came down with me. And sure enough, my mom was up and she was in the hallway and she had the phone in her hand. And she was like, oh, it was an accident. I'm sorry. She went and got you, you know, and totally played it off. Um, so one night, my aunt, my brother and I tried to sit down with her and tell her like, he's hurting us. You know, I didn't tell her at all, like not even a little bit that he was raping me or hurting me in in any sexual way. But I thought that telling her that he was hitting us was enough, but I don't think she believed us. I remember her just kind of being confused and be, and saying, I'm going to talk to him when he gets home. You guys are going to be okay. So that night she talked to him and of course he made up some bullshit story, how he spanked us too hard or whatever. And that was it. It never got brought up again, but boy, did I hear it. I got in a lot of trouble and I mean, I got a consequence for opening my mouth for sure. But honestly, at that point, it's been, it had been years at this point that I was just over it. So I honestly was just like, whatever, at least I tried. So 
this other moment, I remember he had just got a camping trailer and we were supposed to go camping that weekend. And I remember he came into my room, well, my brother's room, because I still slept with AJ and right against the wall. So that way AJ would sleep right next to me. So I felt like he couldn't get to me. But my brother slept so hard, he would just pick him up and just put him on the top bunk and then make me get out. So I remember he came up and he was like, hey, Des, come with me. Your mom's in the trailer. We're getting ready for camping tomorrow. And she's laying in there while I'm setting things up. So she wants you to come out there with her. And in my head, I knew he was full of shit. In my head, I was like, no, my mom's not out there. Like, I shouldn't believe him. But he kept convincing me. He's like, come on, hurry. She's out in the in the trailer. Come out there with her. She's waiting. And in my head, I was like, well, he's not going to rape me outside. Like, why would he do that? And so I walked outside. And I remember walking in the trailer and he slammed the door. I flipped my shit at that point. And I was like, no, please don't do anything. He was already drunk. And he was like, told me, you know, take off your clothes, do whatever. And I remember he made me watch a pornography video and made me drink beer. He handed me a can of beer and he said, drink this and watch this movie until I get back. And I was like, I don't want to drink it. He's like, you better fucking drink it. And so he left. I remember standing in the trailer, not dressed and just sobbing while I'm trying to drink this beer. And it was like making me so sick. Like I've never had beer. Like I just remember the smell of him always smell like beer. So beer like just grossed me out. And so he came back and obviously things, he did things to me and it was horrible. Um, he just did a lot of fucked up shit and, and he had some guts to do some of the things he did. Like he did full on make me do stuff to him outside of the trailer, like in the front of our house. Like I feel like he wanted to get caught, but unfortunately he never did. And so time went on. Um, I at this point was in eighth grade and I met another teacher and she was a pretty awesome teacher and we're actually still friends to this day because of the things that she did for me. And one night, you know, at this point I'm almost 15 years old. So this has been going on from eight to 15 like almost 15. I think it was like 15 in a couple months. And I was just done. Um, one day I came home from school and I just decided I was finished. I made a full plan to hurt myself that night. And I tried hanging myself in my bedroom closet. Um, I don't know what happened. I remember having the rope tied. I remember having everything like set up and I, you know, stepped off. I think I had like a stool or something in my room and I remember it didn't break my neck obviously, but I remember just hanging there and it was choking me and I was of course panicking and kicking my legs and panicking and the rope broke and that was it. Um, I just remember kind of being freaked out and wasn't sure if that's what I had wanted, what I wanted to do at the time. I wasn't sure if I actually wanted to die, but at the same time, I couldn't take it anymore. 
So I went to school and I had a horrible rash around my neck and it, you could tell it was a rope. Like you could totally see it was like a perfect circle, thin, like red rash around my neck. And one of the teachers approached me and I believe it was that teacher that I was talking about that I'm still friends with, but I'm not hundred percent sure if she's the one who found it, but they sent me to the office and asked me a bunch of questions. The counselor asked me a bunch of questions and I admitted that I had tried hanging myself. They called my mom to come pick me up. And at this point I had already caused a lot of problems because of cutting myself. I would throw up in the bathroom, um, after lunch. And so I, like people knew I had these problems. People knew I had an eating disorder and knew I cut myself and like I was major bullied in school. Um, but nobody really ever helped. Nobody really tried to say anything. Also during this time, I had become pretty sexually active with boys. I, I remember kind of at one point just being like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm already not a virgin. I'm already done everything. So why am I going to stop now? And I remember this, there was this one boy and I liked him so much, and but he was a total man whore and he like slept with all kinds of girls. I don't know if he had sex with them, but he definitely got like all kinds of stuff from them or he would do things to them or whatever. And at parties, like I remember being sexually active with him and a couple other boys, but I didn't care. Like I said, at that point I was ruined. At least I thought in my head I was ruined. I was, you know, nobody's going to want to date me after what's, what's happened to me. I'm disgusting. So fuck it. Like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. So that at that part at a party that year, I, I lost my virginity willingly and it was with him. And I don't remember feeling sad or happy. I just remember being completely numb about it. Like, well, that was it. Like, it's official. Like, I'm officially not a virgin, even willingly and unwillingly. But anyway, so after I had tried hanging myself, everybody at school was teasing me that day because they had seen the rope mark. And I remember everybody was like, oh my gosh, she tried hurting herself. She's so dramatic. She just wants attention, blah, blah, blah. Well, the school called my mom, and I don't know if my mom was working or what, but guess who comes walking in the freaking door? My stepdad. And I just remember him looking at me and just giving me the look of fucking death. Like, I knew I was in so much trouble. So, he took me home. Well, I remember as the way we were walking out, he just looked at me and laughed, and he's like, you're a freaking idiot. Like, I can't believe you. And I just remember he just made me feel so stupid. And I don't remember, I don't remember what he said on the way home or any of that, but we went home. My mom, of course, like questioned me, was, was wondering what happened and all this stuff. But I don't really remember her like doing anything about it. She just kind of was like, well, are you going to do it again? And I said, no. And then that was kind of it. So maybe two weeks later, I was, we just moved into a brand new house and my mom's room was on one side of the staircase and then my room was on the complete opposite side. So kind of like a U, you had to get like walk a U to get to my room. 
And I remember had, I had begged my mom to let me have a lock on my door and she didn't know why, but I tried to tell her that I'm a teenager and I need privacy. So please let me have a lock. So I remember my stepdad was like, just staring at me like, no, do not get a lock. I remember him giving me a dirty look, but at that point I was just like, I don't even care. So my mom took me to Home Depot and I remember picking a lock and I picked a lock that you had to have a key because he could always pick the other locks. And I tried having the ones where you could like put stuff in the hole and pick it. I tried those ones and of course he would always get right through. So I had to have the one with the key. I remember I hid the key at my best friend's house. And I don't even know if to this day she knew I did that. But I remember hiding it at her house, the extra key, because I was like, he cannot get a hold of this key. So at this point, I had full-blown insomnia. Like I would literally stay up for days at a time and I would watch Golden Girls, The Nanny, um, Cheers, whatever was on TV land in the middle of the night, I would watch because I would not sleep. I always had constant anxiety and panic whether he was going to come in or not. So after we moved into this house one night, we'd probably been in there a couple months, months already, but he, I remember hearing him get up and I remember just thinking, oh shit, like he's coming. And it had been about a month since he had raped me or done anything to me. So that was like the longest he'd gone. So I don't know if like because of the moving and the lock on my door, he just didn't really have a, like a chance. Also at that point, I was super like careful about not being alone with him. I would take like an extra hour to come home from school to make sure my mom was home. I would, um, go stay at friends' houses on the weekends. Like I did whatever I could to stay away from him where when obviously when I was little, I couldn't really do much about that. So, but as I got older, I figured out ways to kind of avoid him as much as possible. So like I said, it had been about a month and I remember hearing him on the other side of the door at one point and just, I don't think I took a breath in that like five minutes. I really don't think I took a breath. I could see, and I remember him whispering and he was just like, open the fucking door. And I wouldn't, I didn't move. I didn't breathe. I was a complete freaking statue. And I just was like, if he can't get through that door, then I'm safe. Like, just don't get up. Just don't let him know you're up. Because if he knows you're up, then you're going to be in more trouble tomorrow. So I just laid there. And he picked. And I just remember him swearing, oh, F this, F whatever. Open the fucking door and this and that. And just like being pissed on the other side of the door. But, you know, I just held still and didn't move and just refused to open it. And so finally he gave up and went back to bed. The next morning, that was probably around like midnight. So the next morning I stayed up. I remember I got up, got dressed and waited to make sure my mom was up before I left the room. And I heard my mom awake. I ran downstairs and I was like, let's go and went to school. I don't have very recollection of what happened. Um, something to this day took over my body and gave me the strength to do what I did next. I, for my own self, I believe it was God. I believe that God helped me that day and gave me the words and the strength to get help because I couldn't take it anymore. I was planning an overdose. I was 
like I was just planning the next thing to take my life. I couldn't take it anymore. I was cutting daily my legs to where like I would bleed through my pants. I was cutting the crap out of my legs. I was starving myself. At this point, I wasn't just bulimic. I was anorexia. I had anorexia and bulimia. And I would starve myself for a week and then I would eat and binge and purge for a week. Starve myself for a week, binge and purge for a week. And I was just so unhealthy. Um, I remember my hair was falling out. Like I'd brush my hair and like so much hair would come out. And I was just like, I looked disgusting. Like I just was not taking care of myself. And I didn't care, honestly, at the time. So that morning I went to school and I remember going into the girls' locker room, and I remember telling my friend, Chloe and Harley, what is happening to me. And they had both gone through sexual abuse at some point in their life, so I felt like they could understand. We had talked about it in the past about their story. So I told them. I just remember it coming out of my, my mouth and just saying, like, I need help. I need, I can't go home to him anymore. Like, I can't do this. And we went to that teacher's classroom that I told you about earlier and she looked up at me and I just told her I don't remember exactly the words that I told her but I just I think I just told her my stepdad's sexually abusing me and I need help that was a really really terrifying moment in my life but the bravest and she, I remember she just told me that she was going to take me to the counselor's office and we were going to report this. So that's what we did next. I'm going to tell you guys the rest of the story next episode because this is only the beginning. Shit got real from here and got pretty crazy. Like I said earlier, this podcast was going to be a little bit intense with some of the stories that I told you. But at the end of my story, I'm hoping to give a boy or girl courage or an adult, even a woman or a man courage to come forward with their story. So I hope you guys continue listening and you listen for the next episode. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate it. Thank you for letting me be be vulnerable and tell you my story. Thank you.